3 John verse 2, uh, this from the King James Version simply says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. And what's the caveat here? Even as your soul prospers. The key to the abundant life in Christ, of course, is your experience with Jesus, your new birth. And then on top of that, seeing that your mind, your will, and your emotions actually prosper in the things of God. God is not against you succeeding. He is for you succeeding. Amen. Scripture says in Psalm 35, verse 27, also from the King James Version, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Kind of hear a shout of anybody who favors God's righteous cause. You're for him. Listen carefully. It says, Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I mean, to listen to some people in the body of Christ, you think that God just wants you to live destroyed, degraded. Amen. Absolutely poor, broke, busted, and disgusted, sick as a dog. Amen. And never recovering. But the reality is, a high price has been paid for you and for me. And it gives God pleasure when things are going well for you. I want to say it again. It gives God pleasure when things are going well for you. It's like as a parent or a grandparent, it gives you pleasure when you see your kids or grandkids doing well. How much more so God. And not only does it, does it pleasure God, it gives him great pleasure and delight. He tells us we need to be saying that all the time. So these crackpots that are saying just the opposite are violating what God directly told us to say. Right. You should be walking around saying, my God takes pleasure in my prosperity. Yes. That's pretty weak. I'm going to go back to week number one if y'all don't come <laughs> along with me. And don't test me. I can do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> say it with me. I'm supposed to say, I'm supposed to say my, God my God takes pleasure, takes pleasure in my prosperity. In other words, don't find yourself believing, thinking, or saying on the wrong side of Scripture. That alone indicates your soul is not prospering the way God wants it to in Him. Proverbs 13, 21 tells us prosperity is the reward of the righteous. Say it, it's a reward for the righteous. For who? Let me ask you again, for who? For the righteous. Raise your hand if you're born again. Raise your hand if you're righteous. Now, if you hesitated, you need a revelation of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because he took your sin and gave you his righteousness. So let's try that one more time. How many are saved? Amen. How many are righteous? Amen. Raise it up high and wave it. Congratulations, you're qualifying for the well-being he promises in Scripture. Amen. 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 Let me just help you. It won't hurt you to smile. Your face won't crack and fall off on the floor. <laughs> won't hurt you to repeat things and confess things. Won't hurt you, amen, to raise a hand. Won't hurt you to, involve, to get involved in what's going on in the service. That's right. The bump on a log service is down the road. Right. <laughs> My job is real simple today to, to really put this in, in capsule form and get a handle on it for you and then refer you to some resources that I think you can study these things in, in more detail but remember that uh, the foundation of your well-being is getting right with God. So if you're not right with the Lord today, instead of just saying this doesn't apply to me, go ahead in your heart right now and repent and give your life to Him. So you can participate in everything we're talking about today. The foundation is a, is a right relationship with God, the new birth experience. It starts with being born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. It's the same thing for you and for me. But on top of that, we've learned that there's a foundation to prosper in God in terms of your life. It involves not just being a Christian, but growing. If you're not growing in your discipleship, if you're not growing in Him, then you're not qualifying for what we're talking about. You've got to be growing. You can't be dead. You can't be sitting there. And some folks stop as soon as they're born again. They stop at the newborn phase. Then some folks, you know, they grow up to be maybe an infant and they stop growing there. Some folks grow up to be a child and they stop growing there. A lot of folks grow up to be an adolescent and that's it. They know it all. Just like your teenagers. Amen. Can't teach them nothing. Some folks break through the adolescent. Listen carefully. That is where the real victory comes in your life. When you break through that can't teach me nothing mentality. To become a young adult and then an adult and then a senior adult. But you senior adults, it's not, it's not chronological. 
But either way, you don't retire when you become a senior. Listen, the body of Christ has never needed your wisdom more than it does right now. Don't retire with fire. Amen. Get with it and move on with God. But I got to be growing. Say growing. And I got to be loving. Say loving. You know, people think they can hold bitterness and grudges and, you know, and, and, and you know, hold unforgiveness towards people because of what they did or said to them. You're not going to qualify for this. So the good thing to do is if you're still walking around with grudges in your heart, repent and move on with God. You got to be growing. Say growing. growing. Got to be loving. Say loving. loving. And you got to be giving. Say giving. giving. You mean I got to be a giver? It's come to that? Yes, it has. Giving of your time, your talent, and your treasure. And on that foundation, we have taught you that your soul is made up of your mind, will, and emotions. And so to have a prosperous soul, you need to be prospering in your mind, prospering in what? Your emotions and prospering in your will. And we've learned that a prosperous mind is where you renew the mind constantly. Say constantly. Have you noticed you can stay out of the Word a few days and you start thinking like the world again? Or religion makes a new entrance into your life and defeat comes. Amen. It steals your peace. Constantly renewing your mind and then setting your mind on things above, not below. Setting your mind on what God said in his word and not being moved from that. And then when you find a rogue thought coming, you guard your mind. And what's, what's the key here? You cast it down. I didn't say text the pastor and ask him to cast it down for you. Your brain, amen, your mind, you have to cast that down. And to the extent that you that you renew and that you set and that you guard your mind, to that extent, you're having a prosperous soul in terms of your mind. But not just your mind, your emotions. Say my emotions. God did not give you your emotions to rule your life. You don't make decisions based on emotions. Let me say this again. You do not make decisions on emotions. Let me say it again. You do not make a decision on emotions. Your emotions are given to you to live your life, not to run your life. So what do I do when I'm just hot and just absolutely ready to boil over? I hit the pause button. And then I try to pinpoint what's really bothering me. Because sometimes my anger is not really anger. It may be insecurity. Can I have an amen? amen. Or jealousy. Can I have an amen? amen. Yes, amen. And then what do you do? You pause, you pinpoint, and then you pivot, not to the emotion, but back over to what God did say in your life. And that's how you walk and live in peace. Amen. Say, my mind is prospering. My emotions are prospering. I heard some of you say just then, I'm doing that by faith, Pastor, because right now <laughs> I got a few people that I'm really mad at. Well, praise God, you recognize that. Say, I'm prospering in my emotions. And then we learn that your will also has to be prospering. And what is a prosperous will? It is the will that's submitted to God in every area of your life. Did you say every area? You mean I'm supposed to run my family God's way? I'm supposed to work God's way, minister God's way? I'm supposed to live in a town he told me to go to? Take a job he told me to take? Be in the church where he sent me? Does he care? Yes, he does. Say it with me. A healthy will, a prosperous will, is a will submitted to God in every area of life. Now, you watch this. That area that you hold on to, that you don't give to God, that's the very area the devil will steal your prosperity in. Say every area. And that's what it means to have a prosperous soul. So if you're born again and you're growing, Amen. And you're loving and you're giving and your mind is renewed and set. Amen. And guarded and your emotions. Amen. You pause and you pinpoint and you pivot. And if in terms of your will, you made up your mind that you're going to do what God's told you to do. You're going to know his will. You're going to choose his will and you're going to do his will. You're in a great position going into this next year to prosper like you never had before in your, in your name. Amen. How do you believe that today? Amen. Jesus is going to prosper you. But listen, does that sound like these, these crackpots that say, well, that name it and claim it and grab it bunch? Sure doesn't sound like way to me. It sounds like to me you've got to be disciplined to do this. Serious about this. One of our leaders came to me one time and he said, a businessman asked me on the street one day, where do you go to church at? And I said, Hope Harbor Church. And he goes, ooh, that's for serious Christians. I'm thinking somebody getting on a cross for you and for me is pretty serious. 
I'm thinking about the early apostles being martyred for you and for me to lay a foundation on top of Jesus, the chief cornerstone. It's pretty serious. And let me tell you this. I think Jesus coming back soon is pretty serious. Seems to me that every church ought to be for serious Christians. More than ever before. You're seeing prophecy unfold right in front of your eyes, church. You're seeing things happen that have fulfilled time and time again. God's oracles, His prophetic word. In real time now, daily, things are happening to put things in order. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor, what about Russia? What about China? What about Turkey? Doesn't make any difference. Put them all together in a bag. It doesn't matter. God will still defeat them in Jesus' name. It's, it's just that simple. In fact, I've been thinking about China lately. China is, is due for for you know, a you know, trip into the wall. I think there's judgment coming because of their behavior. Now about 3.54 million people locked in concentration camps in China, Muslims and Christians. They're surpassing what the Nazis did by far, and the whole world just says we don't care because we're doing business with them. You know, I had a revelation the other day. Um, Kelly likes to start celebrating Christmas early. Some of y'all do too. <laughs> and I had a string of lights in my hand. And uh, didn't work. Pulled out another string. Didn't work. It's like somebody, like a gorilla, got into my closet and just jumped off in, you know, in the middle of the summer or something like that. Pulled out some garland. Didn't work. Pulled out another strand of garland. Didn't work. I've come to the conclusion that if the same people in China that made these strands and lights, we got nothing to worry about. The guns won't fire, the bombs won't go off, and their planes will only fly a couple times and they'll drop out of the sky. <laughs> and make no mistake about it, the technology they have that works, they stole from us. That's fact. They are the biggest thieves in the world right now. It's stealing intellectual property. But I digress. <laughs> So today we're, we're telling you what, uh, what the benefits are and what the behaviors are of the prosperous soul. And I've watched person after person apply these principles and how God moved in their life. Now, if you want to, in detail, uh, do a study on these eight pieces of what we call the prosperity pie or the individual elements or the, the benefits. It's online. You can get it on the website. You can get it on our, our app as well. And there's a lot of detail about those that I won't get into. But I want to make sure that you have them down, that you take them down, that you list them. If you got a good memory, you can memorize them as I give them to you. Amen? If not, grab a device, grab a pen, grab a pencil, because you need to know what he bought for you 2,000 years ago on the cross. And let me say this. You don't need to compromise them to be liked by somebody. Now, the pie pan is your salvation and your prosperous soul. Look at somebody and say, no salvation, no, salvation. no, pan. no pan, no pan, no, pan. no pie. That's as easy and simple as it gets. Amen. One more time. The pie pan is my salvation. Say it, my salvation and my prosperous soul. No salvation, no pie pan. No pie pan. No pie. Some of y'all getting hungry right now. Y'all talk about pie. Man. <laughs> Say it with me. My salvation. That's the pie pan. Well, that's great. You got a pan. You got a foundation there. But how many want some pie too? And just for simplicity, I, there are lots of benefits to being born again. But you know, a lot of people in the body of Christ never find out what those benefits are. Either we're always preaching you're going to hell in a handbasket or we're preaching salvation every single week and nothing else. You need to know what he died to give you and not be ashamed or talked out of it. And the first one is the thing called victory. Amen. Victory. Rodney already alluded to a scripture about the, the victory we have in Christ. The Bible tells us that he always leads us in triumph. The Bible tells us this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Yes, be saved, forgiven on your way to heaven, but God wants you to live this life in victory. Amen. Too many Christians are walking around defeated and depressed and discouraged, and you need to know he paid a high price for you to lift your head up and be victorious. You're more than a conqueror. Yes. You're not a failure. You are not a loser. You're not a second-hand, second-class citizen in the kingdom of God. You should be walking around 
in victory. Come on, shout it out, victory. victory. Always led in triumph. Well, you know, everybody has days where they're just defeated. Why don't you just change your confession and start making it like this? I'm not having any more down days in Jesus' name. Say it, no more down days. Say it again, no more down days. You know, think about when I was first pastoring over to Hopkinsville. Every Monday, I'd feel sick. And I'm talking about serious headache. And if you knew some of the people, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wonderful people. <laughs> Had nothing to do with them. It was just, it was just really a spiritual attack. Because a lot of people, you know, in ministry like myself on Mondays, we don't try to do anything else, you know, just kind of relax and recover and just seek the Lord, just take some time to rest, whatever, or do some honeydews. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and for the longest time, you know, everybody say victory three times. I just said, well, that's just the way it is. And then one day I woke up and I said, you know what? There's seven days in a week. Why am I giving an entire day over to the agenda of the devil? And I literally put my foot down and I said, no more. I'm taking my Mondays back. And I did. And you know, it stopped. You mean to tell me you just put your foot down, rejected something, and it stopped? That's exactly what I'm telling you. And some of y'all need to take your Monday back or your Tuesday back or your Wednesday back. Dear God, some of you now need to take your whole week back. <laughs> take the month back. Victory. Say it with me. Victory. Victory. It's blood bought. Yes. He purchased it for you and for me. Say, so he always leads me in triumph. Number two is protection. If you don't understand this one, you need to get some, uh, be a quick study here. Divine protection is part of that pie. His ability to protect you and guide you in such a way that you're not harmed. From Psalm 91 to Psalm 121, the message of God is that he's able to protect his people. But you have to learn to listen to him. If he's warning you about going somewhere or doing something, and while you're going there, you're confessing, well, I have Psalm 91 protection. No, your Psalm 91 protection will open up your transmitter to hear God tell you, don't go there, don't go there, don't go over here, and he'll protect you that way. But it's part of your pie. Say protected. Can you actually believe God to supernaturally protect you in the day we live in? Raise your hand if you've ever had God supernaturally protect you. You know that you know that you know this is not natural. When I was in college, I got uh, in a car with Kelly's uh, uncle and another member. We went over to Wingo. Anybody know where Wingo's at? <laughs> if you go to Possum Trot, you went too far. But <laughs> the names of Kentucky towns, amen? Monkey's Elbow. <laughs> it, Almo. <laughs> Almo Heights. <laughs> and uh, it was a great meeting. Just a wonderful meeting. Very powerful evangelist was there. And so we're coming back on 94, head back to Murray. I'm going up a hill like this. And at the top of the hill, you know, and I actually was going the speed limit. If you're inquiring, I was. I go up the top of the hill like that. And in, in the middle of my lane is the biggest beef cow I've ever seen in my life. And there is absolutely nowhere to go. Somehow he'd gotten out of the fence and there he was just sitting there and he turned his head like that. All I know is something grabbed the steering wheel and moved it around like this and then moved around and back on the road, you know, around that cow. Now I'm not stupid enough to know, to believe that was me. <laughs> and I don't think Jesus took the wheel either. But I do think there are angels on assignment. And do you know I found out angels can drive a Honda Civic? Isn't that amazing? They know how to drive. And this was a standard transmission. This is an old school angel. Amen. <laughs> Some of you are like, standard transmission, what is that? Look it up. Google it. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> and I was supernaturally protected. My dad was going to a business meeting in near Alton, Illinois, and he had loaded up a little Mazda GLC truck, you know, and he's going to drive up there. And my mom's saying, hey, I don't want you to take that car. I want you to take my car. Take my car. Said, I'm just going to take them already packed. I'm going to go. And she literally picked up the car keys and threw them at his head. 
He's looking at the car keys, got to the Granite City, and a steel truck loaded down with steel hit him head on. And if he'd have been in that GLC, that, uh, that Mazda little truck I used to make him, he'd have been just DOA. It was a miracle to begin with. But I tell you, you got to listen to the Lord when he prompts you about these things. Can't go around just saying, well, I'm protected. I'm one of God's. You got to listen to him when he's prompting you and guiding you and directing you. Does that make sense? Do I say protection? There's a slice of health for everybody in this building. Say it, health. Health. He sent forth his word and he healed us. He bore our sicknesses and our infirmities and by his stripes we are healed. He forgives all of our sins and he heals all of our diseases. Are there any believers in here today? Anybody ever been healed before? Yes. Don't you become Calvinistic. Well, sometime he do and sometime he don't. He paid for you to have the pie and in the pie is a slice of health. Well, how often can I have it? As often as you need it in Jesus' name. Amen. All the days of your life. Glory to God. Isaiah 53 tells us that he was what? Wounded for our transgressions. He's the one that was chastised for our peace. He's the one that paid the price. Now you should not give up because some religious person doesn't like you claiming these things. You shouldn't give up anything God died to give you. Amen. If somebody turns on you, stick to the word. Amen. Somebody that doesn't want nothing to do with you anymore, stick to the covenant. Amen. Are you here today? Amen. Say it with me. I have, I have protection. I have victory. I have and I have healing. To make any difference. If you have battles all the days of your life, you just keep believing God for restoration and divine health. You're going to live out your day, say it, length of days, strength of days, and then I'll go on to heaven. Amen. A slice of health. There are people in this room today that could use a slice of health. Fortunately, it's still available, isn't it? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, you know, he only healed to prove he was God. No, he healed because that's his nature. Amen. He said to the folks in the Old Testament, I'm the Lord thy God that heal thee. He's always been a healing God. Oh, let that sink into your spirit today. He has always been a healing God. He will always be a healing God. He designed you to be impervious to this world and its, its situation. He never designed for you and for me to get into sin. And our shields would be lowered down. Our glory would depart. And we would become people that were subject to that. But he didn't leave us in that situation. He sent Jesus specifically to establish a covenant that includes your well-being and your healing. Some of y'all need to take your health back just like your Monday's back. Amen. Say, I'm going to take my health back. In Jesus' name. Another piece of that pie is called peace. Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. That's literally what it means when, when an Orthodox Jew greets another Orthodox Jew and they say shalom. You know what they're saying to them? They're not saying hello or goodbye. They're saying God's peace, His holiness, His soundness be upon you and may it light on you permanently. Are you here? His peace. It is wonderful for you when there can be war going on all over the world all kinds of prophets saying this and all kinds of prophets saying that. And you have people over here that are trying to sow fear in the finances and fear in terms of the security of this nation. And there you are just sitting there at perfect rest and peace. Think about Jesus in the front of that boat with his head on a cushion, sleeping in the middle of a storm. That's not just a picture of Jesus. That's you. Yes. Say, I have that peace. Yes. Say, I have that peace. And when something's missing or broken, God moves to restore and replace. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Yes. Amen. Say it, I have the peace of God. The thing called freedom is another piece of your pie. God does not want you bound by anything. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Stand fast therefore in the liberty or the freedom of which you have been made free. Do not move from that. It's not God's will that you be in bondage to habit or some addiction or some practice or something that you look at or something that you do. He wants you free. He did not set you free to become bound again. Look at somebody and say, get free and stay free. Is he able to make you free? 
Yes, yeah, so I could tell you about stories in this church where people are just absolutely strung out and God set them free. He's no respecter of persons. It's part of your redemption. Simple or, or enormous, well-known your problem or no one knows about your problem. It's all the same. It's part of your pie. He paid the price. I tell you, it's so important the church knows what's theirs. I said it's so important we know what is ours. Blood has been shed. I said blood has been shed. And the only thing the Bible tells us that will counter the word of God is religion or tradition. No, God doesn't want you bound up to show how merciful he is and how he can give you strength. He didn't die so that you can put up with that bondage. He died so you would be free in Jesus' name. Amen. Say that I have freedom. You say, well, is everything that I'm listening going to apply to everybody today specifically? No, but it will eventually. At some point in your life, you're going to need every piece of pie and probably multiple times. Say that with me. I have freedom in Jesus' name. Whether it's as Rodney alluded to, freedom from fear, freedom from worry. Those of you who are worry warts don't realize you're operating in a spirit of fear. As long as I just call it worry, I'm a worry wart, ha, 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 I'm one of them. Now stop laughing at things that are destroying your life. It's not just things that go bump in the night. It's people who sit there and fret and worry. What are you saying when you worry nonstop about bills or about food or about something you need in terms of, a, you know, some health care or, or something to drive in or whatever the case may be? What are you saying? You're saying, I really don't trust God to take care of that. Say, I do trust God <laughs> to take care of that. He has given me what? Freedom from that fear. Every kind of fear you can name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we can name some, can't we, church? Anybody here ever dealt with fear that it basically tried to debilitate you? That wasn't God's will. Years ago when I was a college student, we had this couple, Gary and Kathy Abbotts, and she used to sing with him a song called The Only Real Peace. He played the guitar and she was singing. I can remember it like it was yesterday, and every time I did it, I look forward to hearing them do it again. But she developed a fear called agoraphobia. Anybody know what that is? and literally could not go out in public anymore, including just everyday matters, going shopping, going to a restaurant, or even going to a church. And it petrified and, bond, and absolutely controlled her to the day she died. That's not God's will. God wants you free to do His purposes. Free to do what He's called you to do. Say it, I have freedom. And you should enjoy your freedom. It also means free to walk with God and free to be in joy, free to worship Him. At Hope Harbor Church, you are one hodgepodge of people. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, we got all kinds here. And then my mom showed up and there was a real mix to it. There you go. Yeah. I'm not sure we can handle any more people from St. Louis there. <laughs> that means a lot of people come from different backgrounds. And what's right about your worship is your, your worship from your heart. Some will raise their hands, some won't. Some will clap their hands, some won't. Amen. Some will sing loud, some won't. You're free. I said you're free. You're not free to be a bump on a log. But you're free to worship and express your love and adoration to God the way you feel free to do it. People writing textbooks on how you're supposed to worship and how you're supposed to do this, that's not coming from God. You worship in spirit and in truth. Glory to God. Anybody here ever need a slice of wealth? Notice I said a slice. I didn't say the whole pan was one big gold bar. See, people who think they know this message, think they understand this message, have never listened to a series on it in their life. That's why if you've heard all these messages this month, you are blessed by it. It's not the whole thing is a gold bar. It's that it is a piece of the pie. And you should treasure that like you do your freedom and your protection. When you have a need, God is your source. When you desire something, he, he desires to give it to you. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Just ask Kelly. 
She delighted in the Lord and asked God for me and she got me, amen, praise the Lord. It works. <laughs> it works. She just reeled me in. <laughs> How ridiculous. The entirety of the word of God says that your God cares about your material and basic needs, amen. He cares about what's going on. He delights to prosper you, to increase you. How in the world are you going to be a big blessing in the kingdom if you sit back thinking that God doesn't care about this stuff? Just me and my four and no more. Well, that's a pretty selfish thing when you think about it. How about you and four and a hundred more in this community? How about you and four and you pay for the next big physical plant project at this, at this church? You see the limitations of that thinking. It's not just limiting you. It's limiting your potential to impact the community, to impact the church, to impact souls. That's how much bondage there is in people's minds about finances in the body of Christ. God wants you to be free to understand and have revelation. His word is filled with this. It is not prosperity that destroys the Christian. Prosperity destroys the fool. How do you become a fool? You elevate that over every other piece in that uh, pie. And that's all you talk about and that's what you pursue. Listen very carefully. I don't have to go after those benefits. I have to go after God. Those benefits will come after me. But if I won't believe, I will not receive. And I am telling you, I have watched this church for a long, long time. And when you've been here as long as I've been, you can do that. And I've never seen a hungrier bunch, I've said that. But I've never seen a bunch, I've never seen a bunch that's on the verge of being blessed like they've never been blessed before. Amen. You just, you just can't do what you're doing and not be blessed by God. Amen. So don't be ashamed of it. Don't become a, a lover of money. Having a wrong relationship with money. But dear God, don't leave that on the table. Amen. There's a big pot of wealth on the table. Get you a big old ladle, ladle and scoop some of that out. And if you're doing just fine, think about who else you could help if you did. Sounds so religious. Just me and my four. All I want is a little bit. Amen. Just to toast in a, breath, in a little cup of milk. That would do me just fine. Oh, my goodness. You need some serious mind renewing. Yes. Would it not be wonderful for you to get an order from the Lord? And how do you know he's not going to order you to do something you can't do? But you got up Monday morning because you took your Mondays back. <laughs> and God put somebody on your heart. that They need a vehicle. And your first thought is, I think I'll go down to the junkyard and see if I can get one of those started. No. The Lord tells you, I want you to go out and get them a nice mid-sized car. And I want you to go to the lot and I want you to pay for it, title and everything. And I want you to drive it over to their house and give it to them. Amen. Would anybody here be excited to be able to bless somebody that way? We are blessed to be a blessing. I say it. I declare it. There are people in this room. You will do it in Jesus name. And that'll be one of the most joyous days of your life. When you see what God did through you, wouldn't it be wonderful to get wind of somebody whose mortgage is in trouble? Yeah. And there you are, <laughs> downloading the orders of God. You have a little meeting with a banker downtown, and all of a sudden they get their statement next month, paid in full. Shazam! I know what some of y'all are thinking. <laughs> Some are thinking, forget this, let me pay it off. I want to see the papers on mine saying paid in full. <laughs> Would that not be wonderful to be able to write a check and dispense with the brother or sister's mortgage? We have not because we ask not and just believe in the basics of this message. That's the starting point. Amen. It's not just you and your four no more. Amen. Say it, a slice of health. So a slice of wealth, a slice of freedom, a slice of protection, a slice of victory, a slice of peace. Are you here today?
Does anybody need more than that? Are you guys on the same page with me? Is that really number six? Some say it's six, some say it's seven. Somebody's not paying attention. I tell you that everybody needs a slice of favor in their life. The Bible tells us that we be surrounded with a shield-like favor. Favor is God's ability to open doors for you opportunities for you. The blessings on your life by virtue of your born again experience with Christ, that's the power to do the things he's given you to do. But this is that time, this is that year where doors are swinging open for you. Can you receive that today? Opportunity is abounding. Uh, The Bible says the faithful shall abound with blessings. Favor is part of that. You know, it's, it, it can be as simple as a regulation that's changed in your favor. It could be that a breakthrough comes, a deal goes your way, a job goes your way. You say, well, I'm not the most qualified. That's not how this works. <laughs> Samuel came to anoint a king, and he went through the brothers. And they came to the place and said, is there anybody else? Because these guys aren't it. Well, there's David. He's out there tending the sheep. We'll bring him in. And guess what? The man that nobody thought would have that role including him, except for God's revelation to his life. He was the one that was anointed. Well, there are people in this room that are about to be anointed the head this next year. Amen. Anybody willing to take that? Anybody willing to receive that? Favor on the job. Favor everywhere you go. Amen. Some of you have such a lead foot, you need favor with law enforcement. Amen. (laughs) Bless your heart. Yes, amen. Favor in your family. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it. I have the favor of God on my life. It just doesn't make any sense, the doors that are opening up to you. I sense the Lord saying doors of ministry opening up to people in this room. But when you go, make sure you do one thing. Don't you dare compromise on this message. Don't you dare compromise on the Word of God. People out there need it. They're hungry for it. They're desperate for the truth. They need everything that He died to give them. And there will be times when people put pressure on you to shut up. We need to get that Bartimaeus anointing all over us today. And He says, shut up. We cry out all the more. Say it, I am favored of God. Say it, I am favored of God. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying this pie more than one at Patty's. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, by the way, the bill's already been paid too. Amen. <laughs> Last slice is a slice of purpose. It's so incredibly important you understand that you're not here by accident. You're here by design. God has a divine call for every single person in this room. If you were socialized or trained or discipled to believe that only pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers are called then you were taught incorrectly. Every person in this room has a call in their life. And I will tell you this, it's not to work 30, 40 years, get a 401k, retire, and then die and go to heaven. That's not God's kingdom way. That is the world's way. It's fine to work and draw retirement, but you should never be retiring from the kingdom of God. You need to make sure that you tap into why you're really here. There are gifts and abilities and anointings in this room that if they were inserted this next year in this town, this church would explode, but this town would be reached for Jesus in no time at all. Release what's on the inside of you. There's more to you than meets the eye. Tapping into that plan. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that God has what? Created us in Christ Jesus unto good works. He literally calls you a masterpiece. I'm not a masterpiece. I don't have any special abilities or or giftings. I can't do anything. That's where you're wrong. You just haven't tapped them yet. When I hear somebody say, I'm nothing special, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, it tells me you haven't tapped into what is there. But the fact you haven't tapped into it doesn't mean it's not there. Shout out, it is there. And he has a purpose for you. And he has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, he has plans to prosper you and give you a future and a hope not to harm you. God has plans for you. 
Come on, shout it out. God, God has, plans has plans for me. For me. Say it again. God, God has, plans has plans for me. Well, I wasted too many years. It must be gone. No, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God has dealt with a lot of brick-headed people down through time. <laughs> Stubborn, unwilling, unyielding. He's very merciful. Hear, hear what the Spirit of God says to you. If you will just yield and ask him, he will show you what that is and how to release it. And the time you got left, you'll get more done for the kingdom than all the previous years you think you wasted. He is a master of acceleration. Smile, put a big smile on your face and say, he's got a plan for me. Some of you think, well, I'm not sure of all the details of that. Listen, he's not going to reveal to you everything he wants anyway. But you may see him reveal a step or two. Take the step or two that he reveals. You never know where it's going to end with you. I mean, my, uh, in my heart, when I was uh, you know, a pre-med student at Murray State University, I started feeling impressed to take a, a single Bible course, my correspondence, it was, it was on the life of Christ. And that single step was the beginning of a pathway through formal and informal training. And now we've been doing this 33 years as a senior pastor, 28 of them here next week. It didn't start with, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. It was simply taking that next step. And some of you think, can I do it? Yes. Hope Arbor Bible College reopens in January. And I encourage you, you're seeking more about God's plan for your life to get involved in that. You'd be glad you did. But that's all it was, was just that simple step. And then there was another step. Hallelujah. And then there was another step. And then there was another step. And I stepped into Murray and haven't stepped out yet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God has a plan for you. You look around and say, God using everybody else or whatever. No, that's the wrong mindset that you have. So hi, Mill, that's a wonderful pie. What's the first piece of that pie? Victory. What's the second piece? What's the third piece? What's the fourth piece? Peace. Come on, shout out. What's the fifth piece? Freedom. What's the next piece? Wealth. What's the seventh piece? Peace. What's the last piece? Purpose. Purpose. He died so you could have every single one of them. Amen. Don't dishonor his blood by having somebody talk you out of it. Traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. That takes us to the behaviors part of this message. Again, uh, I want you to take them home and let the Lord talk to you about this because you'll find that there are some of these you're doing really consistently and maybe others that you're struggling with. But how do you know He's a God of grace and mercy? Amen. Amen. If you put these behaviors to consistent practice in your life, you're going to see more of the pie than you've ever seen before in your life. But that's your choice. Amen. The first behavior is walking in the truth. Say, walking in the truth. Walking. You've got to find, meditate upon, discover what God says on every area of life and be committed to walk in the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to Him but through Jesus. We understand that's how you get to the Father. But the key is the ways of God, what we're talking about. Ways of wisdom, ways of purity, ways of integrity. Whatever the Word says, that's what you yield to in your life. Say ways. ways. Say it again. Say ways. ways. You need to make sure that you're walking in the truth. And now that's not possible when you get to a certain level and you decide, I can't receive anymore. I've, I've learned it all. You could receive from a stump if you have a teachable spirit. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? To walk in his ways and, and to walk in the truth means to continually be receiving revelation and walking in that revelation. So whenever he reveals to me, I need to make sure that I'm doing that. That's why this is an, an action list. I'm, I'm walking consistently in the truth of God. said, I walk, I walk in, in the, truth. the truth. Number two is faithfulness. It means wholehearted, unpunctuated devotion to your God. 
Say that with me. Wholehearted, unpunctuated devotion to God. It's not, I'm serving God this week and next week I'll do my own thing. This year I'm hot for God and next week I'm cold as I can possibly be. It is wholehearted faith. Like Caleb had a, a different spirit. He was wholehearted and steadfast. That's what you need to be. And not if everything goes well, then I'll be wholehearted. You be wholehearted if everything falls apart on you. Because I promise you God will turn it around in Jesus' name. All of your heart. Say it with me. All of my heart. Faithful to Him. That means fidelity. It means you're close to Him and nothing gets between you and your God. Nothing. Faithful. Number three is diligence. Diligence is steady application to any endeavor or business. It is steady application of what you're doing. In this case, steady application of the business of the kingdom of God and doing what He tells you to do. Anybody can do this for a day. quiet here. <laughs> it's doing these things, what? Over the long haul. And not because somebody is prodding you. Amen. Look, if you have to be prodded, invited, you know, pushed, manipulated to do the basics of Christianity, like reading and like, like studying your Bible, like praying, like coming to church, that's not a diligent Christian. Diligence implies you're self-motivated. A disciple is a self-disciplined learner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say that, self-disciplined. Not pastor-disciplined. Not deacon-prodded. Self-disciplined. You are diligent. We're going to find you five years from now still being diligent. It's not the flashy God's looking for. It's not the charismatic God's looking for. It's the faithful, it's the diligent He's looking for. Absolute, 100% high octane boring. That's you. Let everybody else be like that. But you are diligent. Find you in 20 years. Are you still serving God? Yeah. You still go to that church? Yeah. You still believe God's a God of abundance? Yeah. You still believe He's coming back? Yeah. Today, People do it for a while and they get off in all kinds of things. And I'm telling you that it surprises me some of the people who've come off the word of God and it always causes devastation in their lives. Say it, diligent. Faithful. Say it, diligent. Faithful. Walking in the truth. Number four is tithing. Tithing is an Old Testament concept, Pastor. That would be true if you were a Jew coming into the revelation of the Pentateuch after Father Abraham walked this earth. But in Romans 4, the Bible challenges us to follow in the footsteps of Abraham, who 400 years before the law brought a tithe to Melchizedek. Now, I'm preaching to the choir people here have been faithful and watched God work. I'm just trying to encourage you that if you do tithe, you need to be, you need to be expecting God's hand in your life. Expecting Him to move in your life. And if you do it, don't say, well, it's under the old covenant because it's not. It's under faith. By example, by Father Abraham. Say it. I'm a person of faith. I'm going to follow in His footsteps. I'm not following the footsteps of the law. The law was a paltry second compared to the revelation of faith. Faith has always been God's will. And that's how people in the old covenant got saved. And that's how we still get saved today. No one but Jesus ever kept the law. Say it, tithing. Well, I don't tithe. I seem to be doing just fine financially. This is you mentioned the point because it's not just money the tithe affects. It affects other dimensions of the pie. It affects things like protection. It affects God going to work on your behalf and your family and your children. You can be a tither and expect God to move in your life. Dr. Barkley's grandchild drowned in uh, their, uh, their pool years ago. This, uh, you know, his son, of course, ran to the poolside and found the Child now on the edge of the deck, not breathing, no heartbeat, no pulse, gone. And when he was given a word what had happened, he came running out of the door. And you know what he was saying? 
Oh my God. No. Oh no. No. The first thing that came out of his spirit was, I have tithers rights. You will live and not die and proclaim the glory of God. And you know what? By the time the paramedics got there, she had jumped up. Her heart had started. She was perfectly healed and sound. And I saw her two years ago at the minister's conference. She's now in her 20s and perfectly healthy. So when you, you reduce this to a money thing, how much is that person's life worth? How much are all the other pieces of the pie worth to you? Again, we have so many people that have been faithful and faithful like we've never seen before. So this is not a corrective thing. It's, it's designed to inspire you to continue doing what you're doing and expect God to move in your life. He blesses the tither. He moves supernaturally in the tither's life. When you tithe, you connect yourself up to God supernaturally to meet your needs. Glory to God. And that's not something that we just have you do. Your church practices that concept. Yes. So let's say that you give, you know, over the course of a month or something like that, let's say $500. That is being reinvested in ministry. So not only have you sown into your church, it's being sown into other ministries. You're getting the benefit of a twice-sown seed. Amen. You're most blessed. Amen. Does that make sense to you today? Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Everybody say, I'm a tither. I'm a tither. Say, I'm a tither. Say it, I'm a sower now. Sower is the fifth practice. And that means sowing consistently to your spirit the things of God instead of all the garbage that's out there. And it means being sensitive to listen to God when it's time for you to sow your time, your talent, your treasure. Be quick to listen. There are tons of hurting people even in our community. And they all can't access some of the social services because they're step above a certain line or whatever. So understand that hardworking people are often penalized for being hardworking people. If you don't believe that, look at the so-called Affordable Care Act rates for people who don't qualify for subsidies. Thousands of dollars in deductibles and out of pocket before it even kicks in. Affordable, my eye. But that's the way politicians do, is if they're talking, they're a lion. So what do you do? You stay sensitive. Well, so-and-so, he works 50 hours a week. They must be doing really, really well. You have no idea. That's why you listen to the Holy Ghost and you be a sower in that person's life. Say, so I'm a tither, but I'm also a sower. God may impress you to sow into infrastructure improvements in this church. You know, repairs and maintenance, whatever the case may be. A missionary, you know, somebody that's out there that's hurting. Stay sensitive and be quick to do it. Say, I am quick to do it. Cheerful. Hilarious. Excited. Amen. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited listening to this. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm about to pull up and have some pie. Bless God. Glory to God. <laughs> Say it. Tithing and sowing. Next is believing. That's one I can't force you to do. But I challenge you to let the religion and the tradition go, the dead men's brains, the books that have been written out there against these things, and just believe what the Bible says. If you ask anything in my name, what did he say? I will do it. Do we believe that? Yes. All things are possible to him that believes. Yes. Amen. You've got to be actively believing, keeping about you a spirit of faith. I mean, you know, lots of us have certain spirits, but sometimes they're not spirits of faith. Doubt, fear, unbelief, questioning, gloom, doom, despair, agony on me, all that stuff. No, we're supposed to have a spirit of faith. Amen. Amen. A spirit of faith. Somebody gets around you, guess what? They get infected by whatever spirit you're carrying. You're supposed to have faith about you. Believing God about you. Faith in your heart. Amen. Trusting God, what His Word says about these things. As far as I'm concerned, I'm going to have all eight pieces of that pie because that's what the Word teaches. But you have to believe God said, you know, you're going to run into teaching today that goes completely contrary to the word of God. You're going to run into things in the media that go completely contrary to the word of God. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to stick to God's word. Pokes them by and tell them, stick to the word. Dance with the one that brung you. Say it, dance with the one that brung you. Then last today, 
But not least, I'm having a hard time believing I finish this in five weeks. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, it's not just, you know, the believing. It's also the saying or the speaking. Romans 10, 9, and 10 tells us very plainly how each of us got saved. We believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. So there was something to believe, wasn't there? But then there was something to say. You believe in your heart God raised Jesus from the dead, and you say with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation, the Bible says. Well, here's the key. The way you got the pie pan is the same way you get everything in the pan. You believe it in your heart and you say with your mouth. You need a slice of healing. Find every scripture you can on healing. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And you put it in your heart. And then what do you do? You believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth. By his stripes, I am healed. He sent forth his word and he healed me. You find every relevant scripture you can. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. Then you begin to do this and you continue to do this and you don't come off it even if you don't feel good or somebody laughs at you. You're working on something. It's not their business. You could be sitting there facing a terminal situation. How much less is that their business? You know what you're dealing with. You do this the same way for every piece of that pie. You may have a financial need. You need some finances. You need a piece of that pie. You need some of that wealth. What do you do? You look up all those scriptures on resources and what God wants to do. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or recede begging bread. You believe those scriptures, but then you do what? You talk. You say out of your mouth what you say you believe in your heart. Just like confession is made unto salvation, confession is made unto healing and provision and deliverance and every other piece of that pie. With what? With your mouth. And that's the part that people hear. They didn't hear the previous four weeks on this. They didn't hear us talk about what a prosperous soul is, mind, will, and emotion. All they heard was, believe it in the heart and say it with your mouth. Blab it and grab it, name it and claim it. If you're sitting here today, you know there's a whole lot more to this than that. That is not an accurate reference or illustration whatsoever. And it's dishonest to boot. I think before you say something about a message or a messenger, make sure you've listened to enough of their messages. Amen. Before you say something. Because you lose credibility instantly because you don't know what you're talking about. Now that said... Does your mouth steer your life just like a rudder steers a boat? Yes. Well, I'll say it five times. And if it hasn't happened by the fifth time, then I'm done. There you go trying to program God here. You believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth. Amen. Every day the rest of your life, whether you see it manifest or not, because that's what faith does. But I promise you this, you keep it up, you'll see God manifest in your life. Every piece of the pie works the same way. You believe it in your heart. You say it with your mouth. And why would God do that? To make it simple. Not one way to get saved and another way to get healed. Not one way to get saved, then another way to get provided for. Not one way to get saved and another way somehow to get protected. No. Um, Kelly taught Timothy Psalm 91 when he was just a little kid. You can still quote that today, can't you? You want to hear it? I'll give you a break today. Amen. <laughs> What's in there in abundance is what comes out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. Now here's a here's a word God gave me today for someone, and then uh, closing prayer. But you're walking out of here believing for every piece of the pie. Turn to somebody and say, "I want every piece." of the pie, everything he did, every, every price he paid, I'm laying hold of it in Jesus' name. Some of y'all remember a story of poor old Job. 
and uh, I won't get into the interpretation as to how everything played out and why, but I'll have you fast forward to chapter 42 in your mind's eye, where the Bible talks about how Job was recompensed and increased and restored. He literally got double for his trouble. He lived to see his great-grandkids' kids. Man, that's a lot of grandpa time right there. I'm telling you what. After all this happened, God gave him the double for all of that trouble. But this is the phrase I want you to get. Let's say that you've been believing God for some piece of the pie and, and things went south or went contrary to what you're believing God for. Am, am I done? Is it just over? No. I want you to understand that God has a thing called parity. He makes it right. But not just parity, but parity plus. Say it, parity plus. And somehow, some way, whatever's going on in your life, God is going to turn that around. It may not be the way you think he will do it. It may not be on your timetable, but God is going to bring parity back to that situation because he is a faithful God. Say he is faithful. Who promised? And he will do it. You lay hold of that by faith today. If you've had a loss, God's going to turn that around. You've been ripped off, God's going to turn that around. You've had an attack on your physical body, God's going to turn that around. You've had some fear manifested in your life, God's going to turn that around. Come on, shout that out. My God, My God. is going to turn that around in Jesus' name. Come on, give him a big hand clap as you stand today.